Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and president of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of our continuing celebration of our second decade on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based on the appointed psalm reading in the list of psalms and lessons for the Christian year on pages X to XLI in the Book of Common Prayer primarily using the first pairing, which includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. The second or third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of the same psalm in this series. Other variations from these general guidelines are pointed out in individual podcasts. Each podcast homily in this series includes a reading of the full text of the appointed psalm or psalms, followed by commentary on key words, phrases, and concepts. Special attention is paid to examples of the study discipline of Christology, which looks for pre-incarnation appearances of or references to Christ in the Old Testament. Since Jesus Quoted from it so often in the Gospel accounts, the Book of Psalms is often called Christ's Prayer Book. In each of these podcast homilies, I include summary commentary on the first and second lessons appointed in the lectionary. Listeners to these podcast homilies are strongly encouraged to visit my Father Ron's blog page on the website, which is accessible using the tabs at the top and the bottom of all pages on the site. For this podcast, I have included a, an illustration uh, of Psalm 72 from the Bohun Psalter and Hours, produced in the third quarter of the 14th century. Two further points of technical interest before I proceed to the psalm text. First, many of the images are derived from the Vulgate Bible, and I take this opportunity to explain the numbering difference between the Vulgate translation and the English system. In the Vulgate version, based on Jerome's 4th century translation, which became the official Bible of the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm. The effect is that the Vulgate numbering system for all the psalms from Psalm 10 to Psalm 150 are off by one number. For example, Psalm 72 and Psalm 97, today's reading, are Psalm 71 and Psalm 96 in the Vulgate version. A second issue presented here for those listeners not familiar with Anglican worship is that the texts of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer are not the same as the Vulgate text and are also not the same as the Psalm text in the King James Version. The Book of Common Prayer translation, used since the first English prayer book, the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, is derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539, the first official Bible in English, which was commissioned by the Church of England. By the time the King James Version, commonly called the KJV, was published in 1611, using a new translation of the Psalter based on the Masoretic text, The Coverdale translation of 1539 was so well accepted and familiar to the English people who had heard it in services for 70 years that the Psalter's text is the version from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539. All other scripture in the Book of Common Prayer 
uses the 1611 King James text. For more on the season of Epiphany, including its history and how it is celebrated in Anglican traditional worship, watch the AIC seasonal video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, presented in three episodes, each linked from the digital library page, with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. These psalm readings, appointed for first Sunday after Epiphany, are Psalm 72 and Psalm 97. Psalm 72 is a 19-verse psalm traditionally credited to Solomon. It is also the last psalm in Book 2 of the five books of the Psalter. The first words in Psalm 72 in Latin are Deus Judicium. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Then shall he judge thy people according unto right, and defend the poor. The mountains also shall bring peace, and the little hills righteousness unto the people. He shall keep the simple folk by their right, defend the children of the poor, and punish the wrongdoer. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endureth from one generation to another. He shall come down like the rain upon the mown grass, even as the drops that water the earth. In his time shall the righteous flourish, yea, an abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. His dominion shall be also from the one sea to the other, and from the river unto the world's end. They that dwell in the wilderness shall kneel before him, his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall give presents. The kings of Arabia and Saba shall bring gifts. All kings shall fall down before him, and all nations shall do him service. For he shall deliver the poor when he crieth, the needy also, and him that hath no helper. He shall be favorable to the simple and the needy, and shall preserve the souls of the poor. He shall deliver their souls from falsehood and wrong, and dear shall their blood be in his sight. He shall live, and unto him shall be given the gold of Arabia. Prayer shall be made ever unto him, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be an heap of corn in the earth, high upon the hills, the fruit thereof, shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass upon the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall remain under the sun among the posterities which shall be blessed in him, and all the nations shall praise him. Blessed be the Lord God, even the God of Israel, which only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be the name of his majesty forever, and all the earth shall be filled with his majesty. Amen. Amen. The messianic quality of Psalm 72 is especially evident in its promises of the coming of the Savior. Verses 2, 4, 12, and 13 contain references to deliverance and salvation of the needy, especially the children of the needy. 
Verse 8 includes a prophecy that Christ's dominion shall be from, quote, one sea to the other. Verse 10 presages the coming of the wise men at the nativity. The kings of Arabia and Saba shall bring gifts. The universality of his message is reflected in verses 11, 17, and 18. Psalm 72, credited to Solomon, is the last psalm of Book 2, which may explain the Amen, Amen in verse 19. Verses 18 and 19 are a doxology for the whole of Book 2. Two hymns based on Psalm 72 are Isaac Watts's Jesus Shall Reign Wherever the Sun from the Psalms of David and James Montgomery's Hail to the Lord's Anointed, a Christmas hymn sung for the first time on Christmas Day in 1821 at the Moravian settlement at Fulneck, which was first used by the Wesleyans at Liverpool in the spring of the following year. These hymns are respectively Hymn 542 and 545 in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. In verse 18, we find a variation on the blessing which ended Book 1, to which is added in verse 19, a blessing of the name of God. This and other uses of the phrases blessed is, blessed are, and blessed be in the Psalms are listed and discussed on pages 31 to 62 in our bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective. Psalm 97, the second psalm appointed for first Sunday after Epiphany, is a 12-verse psalm traditionally credited to David. Its first words in Latin are Dominus Regnavit. The Lord is King, the earth may be glad thereof. Yea, the multitude of the isles may be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his seat. There shall go a fire before him and burn up his enemies on every side. His lightnings gave shine into the world, and the earth saw it and was afraid. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens have declared his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Confounded be all they that worship carved images, and that delight in vain gods. Worship him, all ye gods. Sion heard of it and rejoiced, and the daughters of Judah were glad because of thy judgments, O Lord. For thou, Lord, art higher than all that are in the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. O ye that love the Lord, see that ye hate the thing which is evil. The Lord preserveth the souls of his saints. He shall deliver them from the hand of the ungodly. There is sprung up a light for the Gentiles, and the joyful gladness for such as are true-hearted. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks for our remembrance of his holiness. Psalm 97 is the second in a series of five psalms of praise and thanksgiving. Like the first in the sequence, Psalm 96, it suggests strong hints of the coming of Christ and the spread of the faith to all the nations of the world. 
From the Christological viewpoint, verse 6 refers to the events of Good Friday. The heavens have declared thy righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Likewise, verse 11 refers to the Incarnation. There is sprung up a light for the righteous. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world. In verse 7, the phrase, Confounded be all they that worship carved images and that delight in vain gods, refers to the concept of one's thoughts and mind being confused by an act of God. The same wish is found in Psalm 6, verse 10, Psalm 35, verse 4, Psalm 40, verse 17, Psalm 70, verse 2, Psalm 71, verse 12 and 23, Psalm 83, verse 17, Psalm 97, verse 7, Psalm 109, verse 27, 119, verses 6 and 78, and Psalm 129, verse 5. The idea is expressed in a positive wish of the faithful in the Te Deum Laudamus. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. And you will find a similar thought in Psalm 22, verse 5, 25, 19, 31, 19, 37, 19, and 69, 6. There are many familiar Old Testament themes in Psalm 97 that were carried over into Christian worship and belief. This is especially true for both Eastern Church Christians and traditional Christians in the Western Church. The concept of God represented by the fire that burns up his enemies yet cleanses the faithful from sin was incorporated into the Advent wreath ceremony used by many continuing Church Anglicans. For the text of all four parts of the ceremony, you will find them on pages 171 to 176 and occasional services for Anglican worship. The first lesson for First Sunday after Epiphany is Isaiah 60, 1-9, which is also read on Epiphany Day. The repetition ensures that for those parishes without a service on Epiphany Day, when it because it falls on a weekday, will always hear Isaiah's prophecy of the coming of the light of Christ into the world, and in verse 9, of the Gentiles bringing him gifts. The second lesson is Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12, St. Matthew's account of the visit of the wise men, or adoration of the Magi, describing their encounter with Herod and their return to their own country. Isaiah is the subject of part 2, chapter 1, in the bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. The reading from Matthew also appears in two other AIC bookstore publications, including Chapter 5 in Christmas and Nativity of Our Lord in Scripture, Art, and Christian Tradition, and in Chapter 2 of the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated. The Visit of the Wise Men is discussed and illustrated in Episode 2 in our seasonal video series, Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, again linked from the digital library page, with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page. The closing prayer is the Collect for Epiphany, which Archbishop Thomas Cranmer adapted from the Gregorian Sacramentary for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer on the broad theme of mankind's dependence upon God for his grace. 
Lord, we beseech thee mercifully to receive the prayers of thy people who call upon thee, and grant that they may both perceive and know what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to fulfill the same, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.